0: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. We have an excellent, excellent show this week. Troy Aikman from ESPN Monday Night Football is on and uh, brutally honest about so many, so many topics. Talked about what it was like to be in the stadium and on the air for the terrifying DeMar Hamlin um medical situation troy gives us his perspective on that we get a little bit into the controversy with joe buck and the nfl saying they never said five minutes warm up we're going to replay so joe weighs in on that uh, excuse me troy weighs in on that and talks about uh just what that night was like when we get into the nfl playoffs he's got buccaneers cowboys this weekend uh shares his thoughts on what could happen if the cowboys lose no one's you know better connected to the cowboys than troy we also talk about the other playoff matchups uh troy gives us uh it's a little review of his first year at ESPN and calling Monday Night Football after 20 years at Fox. So great interview with Troy Aikman. And then after that, we have our Train of Thoughts segment with Sal Akata, where we get into a little bit about the NFL playoffs and some other things uh, going on. So excellent episode with Troy Aikman and Train of Thoughts. Before we get to it, just quickly, if you've missed any recent episodes of the SI Media podcast, check them out in the archives. Jim Miller was on the show last week. We talked about how ESPN did a great job covering the DeMar Hamlin injury. Uh, We had a year-end, third annual year-end spectacular roundtable with Peter Schrager and Andrew Perloff two weeks ago. Brian Curtis from The Ringer joined me three weeks ago for a sports media year and review episode. Greg Olson from Fox was on the podcast recently as well. He gets a playoff game this week with Kevin Burkhart. So if you missed any of those, go into the archives and check them out. Subscribe to the SI Media podcast and um, leave a review on Apple. I will read it on the show in an upcoming episode. All right, let's get to it right now. Troy Aikman followed by Train of Thoughts right here on the si media podcast all right joining me now from espn monday night football lead analyst troy aikman has a big one wild card weekend with the bucks and cowboys troy thanks for doing this how are you
1: i'm doing great jimmy yeah thanks for having me on
0: my pleasure my pleasure um Good to see uh, you and Joe get a great game with Cowboys. I mean, not necessarily a great game, but you know the Cowboys bring in more viewers than anyone, and then you have Tom Brady, so it's a, a great recipe for uh, a wild card game for you guys to do.
1: It Yeah, it should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. It's the game that we were hoping for. I, I don't know exactly what all goes into the assignments by the league, but what I had been told was that, that ESPN – because of it being a monday night game would draw the 4 and 5 seed it was either going to come from the afc or the nfc of course and so when we saw that tampa would be locked in as the 4 uh yeah and the chance that they were going to play the cowboys then uh, we said hey let's uh let's hope we get that one and we did it yeah. so uh we're we're fired up
0: it's it's interesting too you know if you look through the matchups i feel like uh, it, it the NFL is in a weird spot. I think everyone likes more games. Everyone wants more games. They've expanded the playoffs. But, you see, I, you know, I feel like with Tua now, he's not going to play in his playoff game against the Bills. Lamar Jackson doesn't look like he's going to play against the Bengals. I wonder what if, if there's too many teams in there. You know, I, I, the season is so long. Injuries are part of it. Uh, but I do think the weekend has hurt a little with those two quarterbacks out in terms of matchups, uh, you know, Skylar Thompson going into Buffalo is going to yeah, be tough. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs>
1: uh, well, I mean, the, uh, the league, the owners, uh, the fans, the people in the press, the media, we all want the stars on the field for these games. There's no doubt. I think, uh, I, I would say, I don't know that everybody was in favor of, of, of more games or, or more playoff teams. I, I wasn't. And I, right. and I, I think it was pretty good. I and We all understand why. There's 17 games. We all understand why they added a seventh playoff team. But I like the way that it was. I think, there, I think there's something to be said for exclusivity. I think one of the formulas that has worked for the NFL has been that every week matters. Um, I think one way to get around maybe some of what we've seen this year and we see from time to time, I, I think winning the division should matter. Uh, but... You know i've heard it floated around and i happen to probably agree i think four teams and four conferences or four teams and four divisions in each conference is is probably probably waters it down a little bit they they probably ought to go to to three maybe two uh divisions within each conference then then of course you're going to be looking at uh the best teams um as opposed to some division winners that maybe maybe somebody's being left out but with all that said, I, I like the fact that you can win a division and I'm not, I'm not offended at all that Seattle got in several years ago with a losing record. They beat new Orleans in the wild card round. Of course, our game with Tampa Bay, they have a losing record, but you know, those outliers kind of happen. Um, and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I'm torn on it. Cause I, you know, I love, I like that. We're going to have a playoff game on a Monday night. That's something we've never had before. So I I think that's great for the league It's exciting. We all love it, but I do think you use the phrase watered down. I think that's, that's the right, the right phrase there. Um, and, and I'm like, I'm with you. I want winning the division to matter. I think that's important, um, in the league. And I also, I want to get into, I want to get into what the NFL is doing with the AFC playoffs. So let me, let's start at the beginning and talk about DeMar Hamlin a little bit, and then we'll get into what they're doing in the playoffs. And we'll, we'll go back to bucks and, um, and Cowboys and the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad we're taping. We're taping this for for everyone listening out there. We're taping this on Wednesday afternoon, and we got the news this morning that Demar Hamlin was actually released from the hospital in Buffalo, and he is home. Um, which I'm sure, when you were in that stadium in Cincinnati on that Monday night, you you probably didn't think we'd get there this quickly given how serious Wasn't sure we get was. there
1: at all quite honestly jimmy i mean um for damar hamlin to be home now uh resting and we are nine days uh after it happened is nothing short of a miracle in my opinion based on based on what i witnessed so uh just hats off to all of the first responders that were right there that made it all happen i mean those those people not only in this instance Incident, but uh, really ac- across the country, uh, the 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 work that they do and to extend life uh, is pretty remarkable. So, a lot of people really well trained and uh, put that training to uh, you know good use and saved a life. Absolutely, absolutely, um,
0: a miracle, like you said. Um, take me through. I'm just curious. How confusing were things for you and Joe in the booth calling that? It, I would assume it, it did seem like everyone knew right away this was not a concussion situation. And by right away, I mean within the first couple of minutes because right. normally player goes down automatically, head injury is what everyone thinks. Once the CPR was administered and that report came pretty quickly, um, you realize it wasn't that. Just take me through for you what that – was like in the beginning in terms of getting information confusion may I don't you know maybe not tell me what that whole thing was like for you there.
1: uh yeah I mean when uh, when the hit happened uh I actually started to get into something in my analysis and then recognized that there was an injured player uh on the field uh I pivoted to that and then we went to break and when we looked at the replays as far as what was happening when we were at the break it initially yes it looked like it was head injury and we've seen that a lot it didn't i mean it was pretty severe from what we could tell the way that he dropped but i i unfortunately have have witnessed uh some that were just as severe or worse uh in in how they looked you know initially so i thought wow what you know and and, and the hit you know, I've seen worse hits, so you can't always judge it off of that. But the way that he collapsed to the ground, you just said, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, he he is really out of it. And then we came back, and then we we realized the severity of the situation, and and with them uh, administering CPR, like you said, and then it was just uh, kind of doing what what we had to do, you know, with the breaks, trying to inform the uh, the audience as best we could. Uh, not knowing exactly what direction we were going, where, where we were taking the the broadcast, how long we were going to be with the broadcast. And then, you know, so then we go to another break, which is kind of typical. And then with each, with, with each break that we took, it became more and more apparent that, that this, this is life threatening. And, and to be able to watch the CPR that was being administered, uh, you can't believe it, uh, and That's why I say they they had a they had a lot of people lined up. Uh, one would administer CPR until they tired, and then someone else would take over, and then someone else would take over, and it went on for a while. So uh, that's why I say, from from my vantage point, to see what I was seeing, and then you know try to talk about that. I thought first of all, Jimmy. Um, I've been with Joe Buck obviously for 20 plus years and I've been with him in some really fantastic moments, uh, where he's, he, where he has really shined. Uh, I, I, I thought, I thought this was his finest moment, uh, in how he handled that. He did the heavy lifting, uh, that evening. And, uh, you know, what was a sports cast, the evening started out as a sports cast, uh, turned into a newscast very quickly. And so, Uh, I was proud of Joe. I was proud of Lisa Salters. I was proud of our entire team as far as how all of that was handled. Uh, but there's no blueprint for that. And so it was just kind of, uh, flying by the seat of your pants, waiting for people to get situated. They were trying to get Scott Van Pelt, uh, back in studio. We were going back to Susie Colbert and Ryan Clark, and of course Booger McFarlane who were outstanding as well. Uh, I thought everybody's comments were were measured. I thought they were very good. Um, uh, without trying to speculate and uh, just trying to report the facts as we had them.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I wrote this in, in a column afterward and and said ESPN deserved, no, and all of the people involved deserve nothing but praise for how they handled everything in the coverage. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Joe sort of took front, became front and center because it became a news story. And what I wrote was, you know, it, it was interesting because, as someone who consumes television and someone who's covering media, I, I was very interested in Joe and Susie and Van Pelt as "quote unquote" hosts and how they navigate. Because I don't think the person, the average person who's not into this, doesn't understand how difficult what they had to do is with going to commercial, throwing to reporters, giving updates when there's no news. One hundred percent. Yeah, but then I also thought you and Booger and Ryan Clark just as important from the perspective of as a then. As my as I become an NFL fan, I want to hear from an ex player on this. So you know, I thought you you guys were extremely valuable from that standpoint because you know it, uh, at that moment, are they going to play again? Can they play again? That's where you right. want a player to come in um, and give us that perspective. So I thought everyone on air really had an important role, and everyone, like you said, I thought I thought you could not have handled it better than everyone at ESPN yeah. that night. Because yeah. thank you, it was yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't want to labor on this because it's it's I I don't know what exactly is going on and why the NFL keeps trying to throw Joe under the bus. But this whole thing with the five minute warm up, do you want to weigh in on that at all? Do you want to not get involved? I, I, I this is what I will say about it. If Joe Buck goes on air and says. They got to warm up for five minutes and they're going to resume. Joe Buck is getting that from somewhere. Joe Buck is not making that up under any circumstances. Why the NFL keeps trying to imply it. Troy Vincent. I don't understand it. If I, if, if, if I have a choice of who I'm going to believe the NFL or Joe Buck, I'm going to believe Joe Buck. Um, I don't know if you want to just throw two cents in
1: on that. No, my, my thoughts, because I, I didn't hear any of that. Uh, you know, no one was, no one was talking to my ear about what was, what was going on. Uh, i i i i think uh your assessment of it is accurate that uh whether that information was initially given to john perry or whether that information was initially given to joe buck i it's my understanding it was the the information was given to john and then john passed that along but whether it was that information or any other information uh i can assure you that that joe is not saying anything uh that he hasn't been told uh, it just doesn't work that way. So, um, again, I, I, I see. I don't. I'll be honest, Jimmy. I, I don't keep up with a lot of what that type of stuff. I, I don't read most of what's in the media. Not, not because I'm not interested. Just because I got other things I got to do. You know, I got to be ready right. for a football game. Right. But to me, to me, none of that is relevant. To me, none of who cares. I mean, um, I, I don't know that anyone cares. Uh, what I do care about, and what people do care about, is that DeMar Hamlin's at home right now in Buffalo, and he's resting comfortably, and he's doing well in what appears to be a full recovery uh, yeah. on its way. And that's 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 what matters. And I think, you know, and that sounds cliche, but it but it really is. I mean, no. I don't think I don't think anyone's walking around going, "I wonder where that information came from," or you know, it's just
0: well, the NFL seems. Mars to... doing great, and everybody's yeah. happy about it the league are the ones who who have pushed that narrative for some reason um just curious, last thing on this when that's going on and as we see how serious it is and and i guess you made the point before i should point out you know on tv we didn't see any of the cpr stuff because the players were surrounding how yeah. obviously you're in the broadcast booth you probably have binoculars you could probably see exactly you mentioned that several people had given him cpr which i didn't even know until you just told me that so as you realize how serious it goes, do you and Joe have a conversation about like, you know, let's, you know, let's make sure we don't speculate or, you know, we've got to take it. Care- I mean, obviously you have someone in your ear telling you this, but is there any conversation between you and Joe about it?
1: Not, not really. In fact, I, I honestly can't recall any conversation uh, with Joe and I, when we went to break, we, we were, uh, we were shocked with what all was going on. I mean, no one has ever seen that on a football field. I, I haven't, um, and nor had anyone that had been there. And the reason that we saw what was going on, Jimmy, is because, uh, we've got cable cam. So the, so, so the the cable cam, the sky cam was above it. Um, and we, we were able to see, but that wasn't, uh, that shot, those shots were not passed along to the viewing public. Um, Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, er people say, gosh, I I don't know how you knew what to say or how that was handled. I I don't know. I think you just speak from the heart, you know, and you're in those moments and everybody's probably had moments in their life where something something has happened uh, just totally unexpected. That's kind of knocked you to your knees, so to speak. And and how do you respond to that? You respond, in, in, you know, in, in as raw as you can because that's what you're feeling at that time. And Joe and I, to my recollection, I, I maybe Joe would view remember it differently, but we didn't have any conversations. You know, we often do during the course of a game. We'll go to break and we'll kind of take the headsets off, have a conversation about something. But I don't recall any conversation uh, yeah. other than the coming from the truck saying to us, okay, we're coming back, and here's where we're going with it next, and uh, kind of got some direction in that regard.
0: Um, last thing, sort of uh, on this, it's not about the coverage of it. Obviously, this is a Lamar Hamlin story. He's making a recovery that is miraculous. Everyone's thrilled. Um, it's surreal that he's home as we're taping this. You mentioned, I mentioned this, on. I, I made sure to mention this on my podcast last week, Every single medical professional deserves major kudos for saving his life. Heroes all around. The other part of this, um, and and for no fault of his own, is T. Higgins. So I'm just curious, as an ex-player, do you think he has any... I don't know if "troubles" the right word, but will it be weird for him when he takes the field against the Ravens this weekend? Is there any? I mean, it's not his fault in any way, shape, right. or form, but he's the person involved in the play. Getting back on the field for him, what do you think that's going to be like for T. Higgins this weekend? Because I think that's a story. Uh,
1: I, I, I'd hate to, I'd hate to speak for T. Higgins, but I, you, you're right. I mean, what I said earlier was, it looked like a play you could pick out forty times in the course of a single game. You know, I didn't see a lot to it and certainly nothing that, that T. Higgins did. And I think he you know, everyone understands that and recognizes that. And I think uh, you know, for him, I, I can't imagine uh, you know, that he carries any of that burden with him. I hope that he doesn't. But my yeah. guess is is that my guess is, is that he'll 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 go out and he'll continue to play and he'll continue to play at a really high level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible that he's sort of, you know connected in that way uh, maybe once he gets on the field that it, it all comes back to him and it's natural and goes about its business um so one of the um, products of all this and I you know I know this is not important on a grand scale of things but the playoffs are here the games are going to be played and I personally hate the way the NFL sort of has handled this with the neutral site game for the AFC championship game. Now, I know the flip side of that is, well, what are they supposed to do? What's your answer for how to fix that? I just, you know, we talked about before the divisions meaning something. I think home field having the best records should mean something. You know, do we just chalk it up to like, listen, we had some crazy circumstances. This is the best option. Or am I crass for complaining that I hate the fact Uh that if it's Bill's Chiefs, it's at a neutral. And... You know, they haven't announced where it's going to be. If they put it in a dome, then it's really bad. Like these are two outdoor teams. It's January. We want cold weather when we watch a game like it should be played, you know, Chicago, Green Bay, do something like that. But they haven't announced that yet. But if they put it in a dome, it's going to be even worse from my perspective. What do you think about it?
1: Well, I think that, you know, you have a podcast and you're a media personality, <laughs> and, and this is what you guys do. I mean, you debate these things, you you talk about it, and all that's natural. So I, yeah. I understand it, and I understand that why you or maybe some others don't like it. I, I don't know. I try to put myself in the league shoes and just, you know, because that game obviously had, had huge ramifications, uh, but right away – I I felt, first of all, as it relates to that night, said there's no way they're going to play a football game tonight. Right. And then there was talk that they might play the next night. Um, And I went home. I I said, they're not playing tomorrow night either. I mean, I'm going home. I'm not going to hang around in a hotel. ESPN didn't even release everybody until late the next day, but I said, I'm going home. (laughs) So
0: Did you get in trouble?
1: No, I didn't get in trouble. I would have if I hadn't been able to get back for the game. (laughs) But – yeah, I just felt like there's no way they, they, they can play this game. And then you start trying to figure out, okay, well, can they play the game? You know, this was a Monday night game. So if they're not playing it Monday and they're not playing it Tuesday, well, they can't play it Wednesday and then turn around on a, on a short week and then get the rest of the games in. So I I was pretty quick to kind of say I they just can't. They can't play this game. You know, they're not going to start moving the playoff schedule around. The Super Bowl can't be moved. I mean, so it's just – it, it, it becomes uh, way too much. But with that said, I clearly understood, you know, how is how is this going to be handled exactly? Uh, because of with, you know, you've got Kansas City, of course, with interest in that game, Cincinnati, and then Buffalo, but you also have Baltimore. But Baltimore then lost uh, the day before against, uh, against Pittsburgh, so, or the night before. So, but I, I think, quite honestly, uh, I, I mean, I'm not a shield for the NFL, but I, I do think that I, – I think those are hard jobs. Um, and when you really start trying to factor in everything that goes into making sense of all that, I think they did as good a job uh, as, as they could do, um, which, which more times than not, I believe that they do. Uh, and it is what it is. And, and knowing that there were going to be teams – that we're going to be upset about it. And and I agree. I mean, I think one of the things as far as what you said home the the to me the greatest weekend, well, this cup upcoming weekend, wild card weekend and divisional weekend are my favorites because of the games on Saturday and Sunday and now of course ours on Monday. But championship weekend, the thing I'll miss most about not working at Fox is not calling the NFC championship game because that's yeah. always a, a great great weekend. I love it. <clears throat> Uh, and for those fans of those teams that have been following those teams and whoever then would have had the chance to host that game not being able to and that fan base not yeah. being a part of that, to me, that's that's the most disappointing thing. But, um, you know, we've been disappointed a lot. We were during <laughs> COVID. It happens, and uh, off we go.
0: One solution I heard that I liked was resuming the Bills-Bengals game this weekend – Along with the NFC wild card games, give the AFC wild card games a bye. The next week, you play the AFC wild card games. NFC gets a bye, and then you push everything back where the championship game would be played in the bye week between championship game and Super Bowl, and then you don't have that week off. That was the solution I liked, but clearly the could NFL. You repeat
1: that. I could you repeat that, Jimmy? I could sure. Okay. Ball, Here we go. No, this kidding. weekend,
0: I think it's the perfect solution. Yeah. Um, And here's what makes me nervous about this, and maybe I'm just paranoid. I heard Peter King, who is pretty plugged into the league.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Peter did a radio interview this week with Chris Mad Dog Russo on Sirius, and Peter said he's heard rumblings that maybe this is sort of a tryout where the AFC and NFC championship games become like the Super Bowl and get played at neutral fields, and it becomes this big event, and you're almost having like three Super Bowls, and I would really hate that because like i said i think home field and i mean you want to see a game in arrowhead you want to see a game in lambo you that's yeah, what you i, wanna, you I
1: agree i i agree i i, I wouldn't like that um yeah. and you know there's the side of me that thinks well i'm more of a traditionalist but there is the side of me that thinks gosh if 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 everybody had thought like i thought you know, we'd still be playing a twelve game schedule, and you know, <laughs> things would be things would look yeah. a lot a lot different. But I think we have to be really, really careful uh, as as a league. I think that we i I will say, the the NFL has they're really good at making a lot of money. I mean, they're really good at that. And I don't begrudge them for that. I say good for them. Uh and marketing the NFL. And we watch uh all the the popularity of the sport and of the top hundred shows, 80 something of them were NFL games this year. I mean, I, I I I love all that. I I just would like to see more uh more emphasis on improving the product on the field. You know, th- I'd like to see there's be some interest in that as well. It seems yeah. like all these decisions are made to increase revenue, which is great. But then it's less time on the field for players and it's less time here. And then, you know, and 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 the product begins to erode a little bit. and uh, And I think we've got to be really, really careful about that. And I've been mm-hmm. saying that for a while.
0: Give me is it is there something specifically when you talk about the product eroding? Is there something specific that you no, can touch think on? It's just
1: fundamentals. I think it's the fundamentals of the sport. Uh, you know, football is football is the only sport that you can't practice it the way that you play it. You know, all the other sports you get to go yeah. practice and then go out and play. And football, you don't. And so, you know, we see. Uh, the fundamentals of tackling uh, aren't what they once were. You know, player safety is another area where, where the league has yeah. been really good, and rightfully so, and they've done a great job, and the game has gotten a lot safer. But, uh, I mean, there were games, Jimmy, that we wa- <laughs> There were games this year that we watched.
2: Yeah.
1: And I won't say what network most of them were on. Uh, that you, you, I had to ask myself, is this professional football? I mean, there was some bad, bad football being played, and and, and that's not good. <laughs> I yep. I
0: feel like you're testing me because I was I w- when I set up the interview with you I said am I going to have the balls to ask Troy are you happy you didn't get, go to Amazon given what the schedule was
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I I'll I'll say to that Jimmy is I'm happy where I'm at
0: I'm sure you are and it's funny when you said you said the NFL is is good at making money I was going to say so are NFL analysts but I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt you so on that note. Tell me about your first year at Monday Night Football. How was it for you? You were at Fox for so long. Um, I would imagine going to Monday Night, it would have been way more different if you didn't have Joe, but you had right. your partner for the last 20 years there. But give us a little summary of your first year at ESPN and Monday Night Football. after uh, Fox it, it was
1: fantastic. Years. And you're right. The, the <laughs> best part of that was being able to continue to work with Joe. It's what we wanted. Uh, we never didn't want to continue to work together. So once I decided to go to ESPN, the fact that he then was able to come along and join me uh, made the deal just that much better. And, and in a lot of ways, it really galvanized our, our friendship. We were always always friends, really close friends. Uh, he's one of my closest friends. Um, but there, there could have been last year during all of that where I could have said, hey, Joe's been great, loved working with him, but I'm ready to kind of move on. And he could have said the same thing to Fox. Hey, uh, would love to have continued with Troy, but I'm here and I want to stay here and continue to work with whoever. And neither one of us did that. We both wanted to work together and we did everything we could to make that happen. And it happened. So uh, I I think it's even even brought our friendship even that much closer. And so getting an opportunity to work with him was great. Uh, The schedule being on Monday night, uh, has been great. I, I like it being a standalone game. I like the pacing of the week getting ready. I love being home watching all of the games uh, every weekend, which is great. Uh, so, so from a lifestyles perspective, and and then professionally speaking, it's been awesome. When this when the actual schedule came out, it looked like we had a, a really strong schedule uh and that's been the downfall for monday night football is that you get your slate of games and it is what it is and it's because you know there was a time back when i was playing when they handed out monday night football the the teams that you thought were going to be good were good <laughs> and the teams you didn't think were going to be good weren't very good and so it was a lot easier i say easier no offense to howard katz because he's going to say it's been anything but easy but um so our schedule came out it looked really strong And then teams that we thought were going to be good just weren't very good. Uh, We had a Packers-Rams game in December that when it came out, we said, this is going to be unbelievable. And the Packers wound up climbing their way back into relevancy, but the Rams were totally out of it, so the game wasn't as important, of course. But next year, we go into flex scheduling, and and that will really help. So the, the only downside for me, and I think I can speak for Joe on this as well, is that at Fox, we had a compelling matchup every week. Didn't mean that we always had a great game, but we always had a compelling matchup at least going in. That wasn't the case, but having done the Thursday night schedule for four years uh, and having had a number of games that weren't relevant, uh, the, the, you know, we were a little bit accustomed to that. Um, and so we're we've gotten through this year. We've got a great finish. We we finished up week eighteen with a great, essentially a playoff game with uh, with Jacksonville and Tennessee. And now we've got this blockbuster game with Dallas and Tampa Bay in the wildcard game. And then uh, next year, we move into flex scheduling, and it should be a lot better.
0: Flex scheduling will be huge next year yep. for, for Monday Night Football. The three teams that killed every network, not just you, were the, were the Rams, Broncos, and Colts. Because it seemed like, especially yeah. the Rams and Broncos were on all the time, it seemed like.
1: Well, we had the uh, we let off with the Broncos and and we got them week one, so no that one was knows a good how game. bad they were yet. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, you know against Seattle, so that was a really big uh, debut for us. We had them again, and then we had the Colts uh, twice as well, uh, and we had the Colts twice within four weeks or something like that with Jeff Saturday, and when they were just done. So yeah, it made it made it tough for sure. I thought the Colts. We're going to be one of those teams really not a sleeper because i thought they were pretty good last year but i thought they were going to be contenders and uh i along with a lot of other people couldn't have been more wrong
4: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's dot com slash iHeart.
0: Now, I'm going to put you in a tough spot here because you're doing the games for ESPN, so you're going to love flex scheduling. But tell me about the players, though. Do you think now on a flex on a Sunday, a, a games get moved from, you know, one o'clock to eight o'clock with Monday night. It's going to get flex from a Sunday to a Monday will that have any effect on players or you think not a big deal
1: uh no I think it has an impact I don't know exactly uh when they'll be notified uh when the teams will be notified I don't know if I've heard
0: like, I've heard it's gonna be the same thing as Sunday night where it's gonna be like want, 12 right? days beforehand so they get or a
1: little like bit of time but yeah, yeah it's a it, it it's it's disruptive to the players and it's uh, disruptive to the fans. And I think everyone recognizes that because you're moving it to another night, of course, but uh, you know, we'll see how it works. I think everyone's kind of, kind of wondering how that will play out um, and what it might look like. And, and I'm as interested as anyone because mm-hmm. uh, you know, flex scheduling, at least this is what I was always told when I was at Fox, uh, when Sunday night football would cherry pick one of our games, that flex scheduling is is not intended to give you the best game. It's intended to take away a bad game. Uh, although I would say that I think Sunday night football has pushed the envelope on that <laughs> one, um, which ultimately is the league. Yeah. So uh, my hope is that we're just playing on a level playing field. And and however flex scheduling has been working uh, for the last however many years for NBC is the way it will continue with ESPN.
0: Yeah. And you say it's not for the fans. It's not for the fans who have to go to games. So for fans on TV, flex scheduling is the greatest thing imaginable because we get better. Yeah, I think so. So, I
1: think at the end of the day, it's a win because the the fans and the NFL on a primetime game. Uh, especially on Monday night. I would argue that Monday night needs or deserves a a a more marquee game than than any other time slot uh, because there's no lead-in to it. Uh, at least Sunday night, you've got a lead-in with the other games. Monday night, you got a standalone Monday night game uh, with no lead-in.
0: Interesting. I never thought of that, but – I think sometimes people are just burnt out, but I'm not. I've heard from other. I, to me, there could be football on every day of the week. I'm going to watch it. If, but I've heard some people say by Monday night they're burnt out on the NFL. Well, I don't, let me just I don't say, let me
1: say this, Jimmy. If yeah. uh, we'll find out how burned out they are this Monday night,
0: right? You I know? think this. Yeah, I don't. Something I think something
1: tells me something tells me that that come Monday night, America is not going to be burned out on football after Saturday and Sunday of playoff football. And so my point is, is that. If if you put a good game up, people are going to watch it. I don't care how much football they've watched.
0: Well, oh, I'm glad you went there because let's let's get into Bucks and Cowboys a little bit. Um I mean you're in Dallas. You're a Cowboy legend. How bad is it going to be if the Cowboys lose this game? <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> I mean, is it, uh, give me a little feel for down there in Dallas. Like, I I would assume that this would be catastrophic if they lose in the first round here to an Well, it
1: seems like we've, it seems like we've felt that way (laughs) a lot of years going into the postseason, Right. And then it happens and Armageddon doesn't happen. You know I mean? It's just kind of like, well, they're, they're back the next year and, and, and off and running. But I think there's a lot of angst right now. Uh, I've been listening to some talk radio. Everyone's posing that question, you know, what if, uh, what might happen. And Jerry Jones has already come out and said that Mike McCarthy's job is not in jeopardy. I've heard Jerry Jones say a lot of things over the years and, and, and he's changed his mind sometimes, uh, within just a couple minutes. So I, I would not put any weight into what he, his comments with that. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is the time of the year, if you will, that, that the Cowboys get a chance to show what they're about. Nobody cares about twelve wins. I mean, that's not what this franchise is, and it's it's about postseason, and and it's not about winning a wild card game either. Uh, it's about winning championships, and it's been a long time, and that's why Mike McCarthy was brought to Dallas. You know, when Jerry Jones hired him at that press conference, he didn't say, "I'm hoping that we can win the division and we can win a wild card game." He said, I'm, "You know, he's here to win a win a world championship." So. Uh, I think there's tremendous pressure on Mike and I, I think the world of Mike and he's done a good job, but there's I, I he's got to feel that I would think Dak Prescott feels that um, and and we'll see how, how they're able to play. I mean, they're a better football team than Tampa Bay, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. The problem for Dallas over the years has been that they've had these great regular seasons, but it always seems like they come into the playoffs just not really playing their best football. Right. And then what happened on Sunday against Washington, where that was just a total debacle, and, and you know, how will they respond now playing on the road? Can they Can they play their best football when it matters most? For 30 years, they haven't been able to do that.
0: And what makes it perfect is they have to go through the greatest quarterback of all time, who somehow at 45 years old is still good. I mean, it's it's surreal.
1: Yeah, you know, it is. It is because I I, I know how my body felt at 34 when I retired. And, right. and here he is, 45, and yet he's still able to do some things that are, are, are hard to imagine. You know, it's no surprise. He knows how to win. And that that sounds pretty generic, but I think the position over the years, I think quarterbacks uh, haven't been trained the way quarterbacks once were. And what I mean by that is quarterbacks grow up in these seven-on-seven leagues, and they're throwing a lot of passes, and that's good. You know, my daughter, she played soccer. Both my daughters, they played soccer and they'd play outdoors. And then when they went to the winter, they'd play indoors on a smaller field and they get more touches on the ball and they'd improve that much more. So the reason I think that quarterbacks come into the league so much more prepared, one is at a very young age, they're playing all these different leagues, they're passing leagues and they're just getting a lot more reps at it. And then they get into high school and they do their offense and the college and the pros and all that. But along the way, there there are you don't you don't you don't take sacks when you're in field goal range, and you don't when you're leading by three uh, that you play the position differently than than if you're trailing by ten. Um, and if your defense is playing great, you play one way. And if you're you know it, there's a lot that factors in to how you play the position of quarterback. And there's a lot of quarterbacks I think that just go play, and every series is the same. They don't really pay attention to everything that's going on. Tom Brady is is an old-school quarterback in that regard, and he knows how to win. He knows what he has to do and what the team has to do, who he's playing against, what his defense is doing, situations and games that give him the best chance to win. This offensive line has had a lot of issues this year, right? I mean, they've had the injuries up front. They've had some shuffling that they've had to deal with. Tom Brady... I, I kid with him about it. I mean, he—he's the most unathletic quarterback <laughs> in, the, in the game right now. You know, I mean, I'm—I'm yeah. I'm 56 years old, and and I—I'm pretty confident I could—I could outrun him in 40 yard dash.
0: He's but still but great means, at this. He's still great at the sneak, though. He's still master. Oh yeah, he, the that, master means that, sne- that means nothing. That
1: means nothing. So <laughs> here they've had these line problems. Tom's not, uh, uh, you know, he's not an elusive move. quarterback, <laughs> yeah. and yet they've given up the least sacks in the NFL why is that it's because he will not take a sack right he'll get the ball out he he just he doesn't create negative plays and uh and that's why that's why any team that's playing a quarterback like him one he's the greatest to ever do it but then also coaches know they see that they recognize hey this guy you can't keep him in it you can't you, he's proven that every year but he's especially proven it this year you give him a chance in the fourth quarter it, you it's going to be a tough finish yeah
0: now, when you speak to him before the game for your for Monday night, will you ask him about his future or you won't ask that because you're going into a playoff game? Because I mean, everyone, uh, it, we have a playoff game here with Tom Brady and it's going to be anarchy if the eight, nine bucks beat the Cowboys and all that stuff. But everyone still wants to, is he going to play next year? Is he going to retire? Right. I mean, it's, well,
1: it's, he's not going to. I mean, I'll ask him. Right, I'll, right, right. I, I owe I owe the fans the question, uh, right. you know, I mean, so I'll ask him, but but he's not going to. Tom, yeah. I consider Tom a friend, and he's pretty candid uh, with me. But he's not going to—he's not going to say what what he's going to do. My yeah. my guess is he knows. I don't think this is one of those where he's going to step back and try to decide. My guess is Aaron Rodgers knows, for that matter. But yeah. Uh, but Tom, my guess is he knows what he wants to do, uh, and if it means he'll play, maybe it means he'll play somewhere else. Maybe it means that he'll play if the bucks get this player but i think he has a pretty i think he has a pretty clear uh vision of what's going to what his future is going to look like but but he i i'd be shocked if he if he shared it with me I
0: can't. I don't. I hate, I don't like. See, this is just me as a fan. I, I'm, like I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I love the fact that Derek Jeter spent his whole career at the Yankees. You as a cow, you were always a cowboy. Nothing else. Cowboy. Like a Tom Brady should not be bouncing around from teams. Like you're Tom freaking Brady. Should, just, you know, like yeah. don't don't be a journeyman. I, I don't like that for him. Yeah, you should I don't be above that.
1: I don't like it either. <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. I like to see a guy just. Stick around, but it's yeah. just become harder and harder. You know, I, I didn't want to see Peyton Manning leave Indianapolis, and, right. and you know, there, there he went. So I mean,
0: Joe Montana uh, in Kansas City yeah, was Joe one.
1: Montana. Uh, right. It is a, it is a part of it. Um, yeah, but
0: let me ask you this: throw out your game, Bucks, Cowboys, because I do think that's the best game of the weekend. Niners, Seahawks, Jaguars, Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Bengals, Ravens. If you could only watch one other game this weekend, or call one other game game you're most looking forward to besides yours, what do you think it is?
1: Yeah, I um well I okay, if I answer the question the way you asked it, I, I would say uh uh the Giants Minnesota game uh would be the game that, that everyone's
0: really, picking the Giants. I don't know if you've got a feel for that, but everyone's picking well, the
1: Giants well I well a couple things. I, I would say yeah. the fact that the Giants are in the playoffs is pretty incredible because this was a rebuilding year, right? I mean, we had them early. I I know what they were going through, what they were dealing with Brian Dable and those players and the rest of staff deserve, you know, ton of credit, of course, but what Brian Dable was able to do, uh, awfully impressive. The other side of this that I just have not heard enough of, I think, uh, Pete Carroll, um, I, I think I, I think Brian Dable will win coach of the year, but Pete Carroll should be right there as well because we had them in the preseason and there was no one who thought they'd win more than five games. Yeah. I mean, nobody. Yeah. And yet I think in some ways, I, I've said this in other years about Pete, probably his best job of coaching uh, of his career. And, yeah. and And that's saying something because he's done a great job in other years when they were kind of, transitioning to a different group of guys and all that all that they went through so pretty amazing but there's some guys on the uh on that list as far as coach of the year i think Doug Peterson uh to be able to turn that program around midseason and a team that has had no success outside of 2017 i mean no success uh that's it's it's hard to change a team anyway, but to do it midseason the way that he was able to is 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 really significant. But but yeah, the game I am excited about all of them. But uh, I, I the other game that I would say that I that I look forward to watching is San Francisco because I just love the way Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, I just love what he does <laughs> offensively. It's my favorite offense to watch. Uh, I like how they tie in the passing game to the run game. If I could hire anybody, if I was a general manager. Kyle Shanahan would be the guy.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because you talked about sort of the job Pete Carroll did flying under the radar and not getting the coverage it deserved. I thought at the time it didn't get the coverage it deserved at all. And that was the Niners getting Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I mean, yeah. I understand he's banged up a lot this year. He's been healthy. But for <laughs> that team of, to be at that level, to acquire that guy. I yeah. was like, this is this is this is a game changer here, and I felt like it almost flew under the radar a little bit. Am yeah, I, I right? had a
1: uh, you know, this is going to sound like I'm patting myself. <laughs> off the
0: back Go ahead, here. do it, so, do
1: it. But I had a buddy of mine who's really involved in the league and said felt that that trade was a head scratcher, and I said, oh my gosh, I said, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, I think it's an unbelievable trade for San Francisco. Absolutely. And, and other teams could have made that trade and I wouldn't have felt the same way. And, but the reason I felt that, that it was going to be great was because of what I just said about Kyle, that I think McCaffrey is such a unique talent and right. he has been banged up and keeping him healthy, of course, is, is, is the issue. But with the team struggling in Carolina, you know, he was getting lost. And so for him to be able to go back to an area that he's familiar with, having gone to Stanford and join Kyle Shanahan. I said nobody's going to get as much out of this guy as as Kyle is, and that's that's what's happened. So I would have been totally shocked if 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 he had gone there and and was just barely contributing and wasn't right. helping the team out much at all. I, I thought it was just a great, just trade. a
0: perfect fit, perfect, perfect fit. And then you have that. I mean, that trio with him and Debo and and Kittle is is now. What do you think? I mean, listen, I got. I've got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time here, Brock Purdy, rookie. Not a ton of experience. I mean, he's played well, but it's only still been a handful of games. Can, Baby he, Bosa. can he? Can he? <laughs> can he get through it all and and get them to the Super Bowl? As I, as someone I, I who has, he can.
1: I think you know. he can. I mean, uh, I've not met Brock. We had him. We had San Francisco when they played Arizona in Mexico City. And so he came in off the bench at the end of the game just doing mop-up duty because San Francisco was winning so big. And, you know, Joe got into the story about his nickname on the team is, is Baby Bosa because he's got these big legs like Joey Bosa, you know. So uh, – and and um, we – we or Nick Bosa. So we started um, – we were kind of having some fun and laughing about it a little bit. And uh, he, he did – you know, he basically handed off, didn't do a whole lot really in that game. But then the next thing we know, he's playing. And to be, you know, Mr. Irrelevant and to step in and do what he's been able to do. You talk to people on the or on the uh, uh 49ers team, and they all say that uh he just carries himself like a veteran and he gets after guys if they're not doing what you know. That's not easy to do, especially a veteran a veteran team that's enjoyed the success that San Francisco has had. That's a pretty daunting position for a rookie to step into. And be able to do what he's been able to do. So uh, he's proven that he can play in the big game already. Uh, they're going to get bigger, but uh, yeah, I I think he can. I uh, I he's not one of these that I worry about. I don't I don't view him as a liability for that franchise going into the postseason.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to see if uh, if he can. You know, I mean, they they that team is set up to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. So um... oh yeah. Yeah, and Kyle's see.
1: done a great job too I mean they got off to a slow start and yeah um yeah. that's the problem though when you when you win all the time like like he does you don't get to be coach of the year because it's expected
0: <laughs> right right uh, yeah that's it. like LeBron never wins MVP because yeah. he just puts up you know 30 and 15 every night um to wrap up let me go back to you your first year with Monday night football with Joe I'm just curious I felt like this was maybe more the case for Joe than for you. But you, you said earlier you don't pay attention to the media stuff. But did you feel it all – and we've talked about this before. I've talked about this with Joe. At Fox, while you did do big games on the 425 slot that would go to most of the country, with the Monday night, it's a standalone game. It's 100% of the country. Did you feel like there was more attention on you guys this year or – Uh, and I don't mean negative I mean just anything positive everything like did you feel more of a spotlight on you given that you're on Monday night in a standalone game
1: um I think the game the the going into the games uh it you you certainly are aware that it's a that it's a standalone game it's primetime television it's Monday night football uh so yeah I think from that standpoint absolutely uh Felt that. Felt that there's the, the the eyes of the league and everyone around the league is watching that game. I know for the last, well, shoot, I mean, going back to when I was 10 years old, I mean, I've been watching fo- Monday Night Football my whole life. And, yeah. and it's become, especially as a player and then as a broadcaster, it just was my Monday night. I'd come home and start watching Monday Night Countdown and right into the games. And then start getting ready for my next broadcast on, on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun being a part of it. It feels big. It's going to get bigger and, uh, and glad to be a part of it as it does.
0: It's, uh, it was fun. Like I said, you know, I felt like there were these, I mean, you probably maybe not, didn't even hear about them, but there were every couple of weeks, there'd be these lighthearted, ridiculous controversies for like surrounding something, you know, there was, uh, when you guys went on SVP a couple of weeks ago and Joe said, Oh, i don't only, I only get one question. People took that as like, a, they thought Joe and Scott were in this serious beef. I mean, I had people tweeting me, but I'm like, this, they're like, why didn't you write about this? I'm like, because yeah. they were kidding. They were not being serious. They're friends, you know. Um, so that's what I mean about more, you know, I, there was a, you guys did a game in Tampa late in the season. I forgot who the Bucks played, but it was late in the yeah. season and, and Joe was like really excited during the intro and oh, people yeah, yeah. were having a yeah. field day with that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I meant by more attention and more. You know, yeah. I, I will say too. Go ahead, and then I'll, I'll.
1: Well, no, I I I think it's funny. I know yeah. the t- I know the game you're talking about. I know the moment you're talking <laughs> about w- w- with Joe on on the open. And uh, it, what's funny is we do a little rehearsal before we actually go live, and he did the rehearsal that way. And I was I was laughing. I mean, I, I'm a pretty good audience for Joe. I always tell him <laughs> that he he makes me laugh. So I'm 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 laughing about it during the rehearsal never in a million years did I expect but he clowns around all the time like that I yeah. never imagined that he was going to come on air live and do it so it was you know I thought it was pretty funny uh, yeah. I think it was almost kind of him wanting to show to me hey you know I'm willing to do it you know I'll go there or whatever it is and then the Scott Van Pelt stuff I guess I guess I don't I don't know that I've ever cared too much about any of that stuff I I'm just amazed that people even who cares like, if Joe and Scott had something going, which they don't, who cares?
0: Well, everyone loves a good cat fight. Like,
1: I'm his partner, and I don't care. Right, you know? right, right, it's like, right. okay, great. Let's move on and Oop. do the do oh, whatever. I, let me Second I, 10, who, you know what's going on.
0: As someone who covers this stuff, let me tell you something. There's nothing people love more than a media fight. Between two media members, really? You know that you've had some. You had a. I don't even want to mention the guy's name, but you know, people love when two media people go at it. They love. Yeah, it.
1: I, I suppose. I mean, I suppose. I. I just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, the
0: the funny thing about the the Joe with the intro was that. It, Everyone was feeding like, "What did Joe drink before the game? How many drinks?" I was thinking maybe maybe hopefully Troy gave him eight some beer. eight beer. There it is. I was, yeah, was going to say. It was, hopefully yeah. it was an
1: eight beer. I, yeah. I can't verify that there was any up there, but if yeah. he did, I hope it was an eight.
0: Well, I I said this to Joe. I think the last time I had him on, and and we'll wrap it with this. The one one thing that's got to make you guys happy, I think, and I don't know how where you are of this, but when you guys did go to Monday night, what I saw across the board from viewers was. This feels like a big game because Joe and Troy are doing it. You guys give it a big game feel that, no disrespect to anyone else who has done Monday night over the years recently, but you know you guys are together for 20 years. Yeah. Your voices mean something. And the big theme for Monday night this year with you guys moving over, which got so much attention in the, in the offseason was, you hear Joe and Troy, you see Joe and Troy, big game feel. So that has to make you feel good.
1: No doubt. Yeah. 100%, Jimmy. I mean, it's a, it's a great compliment. Uh, you know, it means that we've, and I, and I get it because you know, fans at home have heard us call a lot of big games. And you think about all the NFC championship games we've called and we've called six super bowls together. And then of course, all the regular season, meaningful games and playoff games. So, uh, I think then people do get accustomed much like I did with John Madden and Pat Summerall, um, you know, you just get accustomed to those voices. And when you hear them, you know that it's something big uh, that's about to happen. So it's a huge compliment. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I for those who feel that way, I would just say thank you. I mean, I, I really am humbled by that. It means a lot. It's probably the greatest compliment uh, that I can have um, if if hearing my voice and hearing Joe and I's voices together uh, on a broadcast brings a level of comfort and then also an expectation of something big that's about to happen. Gosh, that's uh, that's the greatest compliment a broadcaster could, could be given.
0: And it will be a big game field for sure on Monday night in Tampa with the Cowboys and Bucks. Uh, perfect, perfect matchup there with all the yeah. pressure on the Cowboys, and then obviously Tom being Tom. So yeah. we look forward to it, enjoy it, and uh, we will all be watching. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, Trey. Absolutely, thank you. Jim. All right, take care. Have a good game.
5: don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
0: All right, joining me now for our weekly Train of Thoughts segment from WFAN Radio New York, SNY-TV in New York. My buddy, Sal Akata. Sal, how are we doing this week?
6: Good. You sound much, much better.
0: I sound better, but I'm having a lot of problems. Really? Yeah. I actually feel worse now than when I tested positive for COVID. I get headaches every day now. It's And I get oh, no, ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But I, so my voice is better.
6: I you, yeah, I figured you sound good. I'm like, all right, you're back mm. on the mend. Good to go.
0: No, I've actually had a lot of problems this week. But it's okay. I'll I'll be okay. We got the wild card weekend. My voice is better, so focus on the podcast.
6: Greatest weekend. These these two weekends. I know you love March Madness. To me, these are the two greatest weekends in sports. I cannot. No no no
0: no 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 no. I don't think March Madness even comes close to comparing to these weekends. But maybe when I was younger, when I was younger and I went to Vegas for the tournament. (laughs) Now that I'm an old fuck and I don't go anywhere. No, the, the, this is, this is I, my favorite weekends or the weekends in, I guess it's October when you get the MLB playoffs with the NFL regular season with the college football. Those are my favorite weekends, more than the tournament. Okay.
6: But yeah, yeah me, I... I love opening day, but I love like these two weekends, better than Super Bowl, better than Championship Sunday. These right. two weekends are just... I, I can't wait. I live for it. I love it.
0: I agree. I do think... So I do think the best weekend is the conference championship games. Because, but the conference championship games for me are what New Year's Eve is to you. Yes, I the get end is very, year. I get very sad and depressed for conference championship Sunday because that's the end of the season for me. Like that's it; it's over after that, and it's right. very, de- it's a very depressing day. I don't count the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is nonsense. It's a very depressing day when the conference championships are over.
6: Agreed. I think once the division round ends, it's like, uh-oh, there are only three games left. That's where it's like, like ah, crap.
0: Now, where do you – I just had Trey Aikman on, and we talked about this because he's got, in my opinion, the best game of the weekend on Monday night with Bucks-Cowboys. Maybe they've got the sexiest game with the Cowboys and, and Tom Brady. Now, you're usually very, very, you know uh, – What? What's the word I'm looking for? You you're very opinionated about these things. How do you feel about we have this is the first year we got a wild card game on Monday night?
6: Wait, we didn't have it last year.
0: Oh, did we have it? I don't remember. I
6: don't think. I thought that we we? did have it last year. If I'm not mistaken, I don't. What game was it? Uh, I I couldn't tell you that. But the Super Wild Card Weekend last year was the first one I saw. But I couldn't couldn't tell you the game. Must have been memorable. Oh, was it? Was it Cardinals? uh, Rams? Maybe where the Cardinals and Kyler Murray sucked.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right.
6: I I bet the Cardinals that day because I hate Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, and yet I got sucked into betting them, and they completely led an egg, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't mind it because I'm working Monday, so I come into work. I have the game on. It's not not like it's a holiday where I'm being inconvenienced. I like that. Oh, I don't love it as much. Mo- I'd rather three games Saturday, three games Sunday, but I'm fine with the Monday night.
0: Right. Basically, what they did was they took the game off of Saturday at one and they put it on Monday night at 8 15.
6: Right. So you get started 4 30 Saturday. So whatever it is that you got to do with your wife, your kids, you do that shit Saturday morning. Then come 4, 4 30, you're gone. That's what I'm doing. I mean, you could follow my advice or not. 4, 4 30, I'm out <laughs> for the weekend. Not just that, Saturday for the weekend. See is you that Tuesday.
0: Been, has that been established already?
6: No, it has not. <laughs> exactly.
0: It'll be a surprise somewhere along the way because that's a <laughs> long. Listen, that's a long time because you got to get locked in Saturday at four thirty till Sunday night at midnight. It's a long time to be not changing diapers or not. I know get, doing I know. a bottle, well, a, not feeding, not you know.
6: There's a little window Sunday morning, I guess, but. You know, yeah, until one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. No, no. This is this is a non. These two next weekends are non-negotiable weekends.
0: <laughs> all right. What uh, will you be betting this weekend?
6: Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, I can contain myself. I've been good all, all year long, but th- this weekend the is way, where I go animalistic. This is the not.
0: way you said yes. There's no chance you're containing yourself. You said yes like a savage.
6: Oh, baby, I'm no. I'm all about it. I'll be making parlay bets and teasers, in-game right. bets. These standalone playoff games, I can't get enough of. So, what I've do you like in terms
0: of you. betting? In terms of betting, what do you like?
6: Um, you mean these games in particular? Yeah. Or you're talking about like style? All right. Well, no, no, these
0: games. Is there, is there a I game that jumps out to you?
6: Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys and I'm probably going to take the Vikings. Now, I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet. And I will bet every game, just a matter of which ones I love. <laughs> you just I, said,
0: can you show restraint?
6: You no, know, no. Well, I mean by the amount per game. I don't mean oh. by restricting the games. Uh, you know, and then then you get doubled down because you lose one, and then you're in oh, game. Is, and it's, the it's, text it's, it's gonna
0: I'm going to get up. in the middle of the day on <laughs> Sunday is going to be just so depressing.
6: Yeah, now, are I you betting? There, usually, I'm out by Saturday night.
0: Oh, that text! I can't wait. no, uh, do you like the Vikings and Cowboys? Because everyone loves the Giants and Bucks.
6: Yes, I think I know. People, I know you like a Buck. 100 percent. People are. And the one thing that would scare me about betting against the Giants, A, I don't trust the Vikings or Kirk Cousins. B, I do trust Brian Dable. But the fact that everybody is going to be on the Giants because of their close loss in week 16, that does not make any sense to me. And I know Dallas laid an egg against Washington this past weekend. Dallas is significantly better than the Bucks are. I don't care where that game is being played. So I will be 100. I'll be on Dallas. That's probably my best bet, and probably Minnesota because the public is on the Giants.
0: <laughs> the Dallas one, I, I just, I think they're going to lose. I just the way they're playing,
6: it looks awful. I know.
0: Oh, I don't see them but turning it been, around.
6: They've been. It's, I've been riding them all year. I just, I believe that uh, Dak has been terrible with the interceptions. The Buccaneers stink, so I'm not going to overreact to Week 18. I'm going to stand, stay disciplined here, and believe that the Cowboys are going to be moving on one way or another. Maybe they do stink. Laws, they, they you
0: got to be way. careful though. They stink, but
6: great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, know.
0: You know. I don't. I think the Vikings. I mean, yeah, I don't understand everyone betting the. I mean, yes, the coach is great. Blah blah. blah. I don't understand how everyone's just like slam dunk Giants. Like the Vikings have a lot of talent.
6: And the Giants don't. The Giants are coached very well. Right. But they don't have the talent. And if that talent shows up, it could get ugly. Because I don't think yeah. the Giants could do offensively what Minnesota could do if everything goes Minnesota's yeah. way.
0: I we're taping this on Wednesday. I already bet the Bills.
6: What's that line at now? It's over Well 10, now right? it's like thirteen. Yeah. What'd I have you get it at,
0: at I think eight seven and a half or eight or something like that. Wow. Because wow. I didn't think Tua okay. was gonna play. Yeah. And he's out. Is
6: Lamar Jackson out or what's, what's Jackson? Yeah, he's
0: field? out. Yeah, he's out.
6: Ah, uh, that sucks. It, see, that's the problem with this weekend. Two games, you got backup quarterbacks. That Bengals-Ravens game would be huge if right. Jackson was playing.
0: I talked about that with Troy, that there's too many teams in the playoffs and this is what happens, and then you got two. Right. You know, I think, listen, I think the Ravens, I don't know. I was going to say they'll keep it competitive. Maybe they won't. They probably won't. I don't know. What's the line in that? The Bills game I is going to be a, the, the Bills game is not. You don't even have to. There's a game you might you can maybe skip out on if you got to skip a playoff game is Sunday at one because
6: it's Scott Thompson can't go into anymore.
0: Buffalo and win.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Buf- Buffalo got to buy anyway. You're, there's just yeah. no way. You're right. It's going to be a non-competitive game. At least the Ravens might be able to be competitive with the Bengals. Right. The Dolphins will not.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I and I think that I do think for me the most interesting game to watch is Monday night with the with the Bucks and the Cowboys, because there's so much pressure on the Cowboys, and then you have the greatest quarterback of all time. And who knows what'll happen if if the Cowboys lose.
4: I,
0: I got to ask you as a Met fan, the Carlos Correa situation, I think it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen because I, I don't have any dog in the fight. But when the Mets lost him, were you pissed or you didn't care? Or-
6: no. So I was disappointed, but it's it's a unique situation where there's really nobody to be angry at. For years, I could be mad at the Mets for not being involved in these big-name guys. Now, the owner goes out there and agrees to a 13, uh, $350 million deal. But because of the medicals or the physical, whatever, they don't like the medicals, they have to renegotiate. And obviously, they weren't willing to go to where the Twins were. So can I be mad at the Mets? I can't be mad at the Mets. I can't be mad at Correa for taking $200 million guaranteed that he was getting from nobody else. So. It sucks that it went down like this, but the player that the Mets were excited about getting, he's clearly not that. He's damaged goods because he went from well over $300 million to only 200 guaranteed. So it sucks, but there's nobody to be angry at.
0: Well, well, I don't understand how he fails a physical with the Giants and Mets, but he passes it with the Twins. Me neither. And different also, you know, I mean,
6: things. I mean, come on. I,
0: I thought it was strange when the Mets signed him only because... Why wouldn't the Giants have sealed the deal? If I mean, they went out and made that crazy offer, and then they backed off. So you knew there had to be something there, but I don't know. We didn't
6: know, we didn't know all the details. It was just right. like they were concerned with something. And then Boris made it seem like he didn't want to wait, so he was going to pivot immediately to Steve Cohen. So he called Cohen. Then they worked out the deal. So it wasn't like he came out and said, this is what the issue is. The Mets agreed to a deal after Boris pivoted quickly, and then obviously they saw the medicals and said, we're not doing that. We can't do it. So uh, it sucked. Bottom line, I'd love to see Correa in a Mets uniform this year. I thought he was the missing piece, as the owner said, but not gonna happen.
0: It's it's just so weird. It's so weird. Um, I've never
6: seen anything like that before. No, two me times, neither. Three two deals and signs with the third team,
0: right? It would have been great if there was a third team. Besides, it would, see the fact that it was the twins where he was makes it. I would have liked another third team to get in there, fail the physical again, then the <laughs> twins make it th- three would have been better. Um, did you watch any of the college football championship game?
6: Yeah, but come on. It's a friggin' embarrassment. And I'm the only thing I'm mad at is that I didn't bet Georgia because I know better. Back, and I didn't watch any college football this year, but right. I used to love college football and I used to bet on it all the time. My core principle is conference. like, And I got sucked into people scaring me that, oh, TCU might be able to compete. I know better. I don't have to watch. I know Georgia is going to smoke TCU. That was a bad look for college football.
0: I agree. I, I was out at the, I didn't watch any of the second half, but they, they've got to do something to, they play that championship game way too late. I didn't, it was like nine 30 in the morning that morning. And I'm listening to like Boomer and geo. And they mentioned, you know, Oh, the title game. I, I forgot it's even going on. It's a. Hmm. It's way too late. It's after the last regular season weekend of the NFL. Like they've got to put that game on another day. It's that Monday night. I hate it. It's just not. It doesn't feel like college football season anymore. That's the problem I have with it. So
6: where would you where would you put it though on a weekend?
0: Well, I someone on Twitter had said put it on the Friday or Thursday before the NFL weekend starts, and I like that idea a lot better.
6: All right, maybe that. Yeah, I could see that.
0: And I missed the first 15 minutes of the game because right when the game started, well, the game started at 730 and about seven o'clock, my mother calls me and says, can you come over? The TV on the wall fell down.
6: Oh, oh shit. Yeah, that's a problem.
0: I'm like, <laughs> All right. well, the championship game starting in about 10 minutes, but good timing. Right. The t- I went there. The TV was hanging off the wall. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm not Andy. I can't do anything. Oh, <laughs> well, you calling me? I said, call Uncle Joe. He don't, I don't know what to do. We just took it off the brackets and put it on the floor because it was hanging. I was like, yeah, because I'm like, what do you think I'm fixing? I can't I can't even if I if I successfully (laughs) change a light bulb, it's a miracle. Uh, That's
1: great.
0: Meanwhile, just to follow up, because we had talked about tipping the garbage men and the mailman, sanitation workers and postal workers, whatever the politically the debacle I've had with the mailman. So I got the garbage, man. No problem. One morning I waited. I heard the truck. Boom. Gave him the envelope. Merry Christmas. Happy. Boom. Okay. The mailman comes at like all different times. I haven't been able to like snag it. Today, finally, I saw the mail truck outside. So I run out and it wasn't my mail. I'm like, oh, I have a gift for the mailman. I go, you're not the regular mailman. No. They go, he's out for three months. He had knee surgery. So now.
6: That's a wrench thrown into things.
0: Now I said to myself, all right, well now I'm getting my money back. Like do I have to give the gift whenever he returns? What's yes, the problem? Yes, you have to give Yes, you have to give So the if yes. he comes back in the middle of March, I'm supposed to go out there with an envelope that says happy holidays?
6: Did you did the did the current guy or person Talk didn't to want it,
0: it? He, he didn't want to take it. He's like I don't know when I'm going to see him.
6: Okay. And then I you think, also don't know the- good for him to turn that down but you also don't know like if it actually gets delivered to the right and place.
0: then like one of the neighbors came out and she she heard me talking and she butts in and says yeah i didn't give anything this year because it's not the regular guy
6: also maybe you do get a breather then
0: but so i'm thinking if, i get if, a breather i don't know but,
6: but if you if you do that you have to double up next year if it's the same well, person
0: well if the guy had knee surgery too who knows if he's coming back or what you know i don't know what what I, I got to track it, you know.
6: No, it's a good question. You probably said, if you see him again, then I would. Something's got to be done.
0: I'm not proud. I'm not proud. I opened the envelope and took the
6: money out. Oh, oh man. Well, you're not going <laughs> to sit there for three months. But right. What I could, yeah. What are you going to do if you see him again? Then what? Well, it
0: depends. when I. If I don't see him till March or April, I think the Statue of Limitations is over.
6: Hey, you know how you doing? You know, I'm sorry, I had a gift for you, but you missed your window.
0: Well, I could easily avoid them too. I mean, yeah. I don't no, have to go true. see. You you know, you're All a right. bad guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Any other topics we need to cover? I don't have anything else.
6: No, you tell me. I mean, I'm just excited. I'm focused on Wild Card Weekend, so that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, same here. Same here. Looking forward to it.
6: No new shows or anything like that. At least at this moment.
0: No new shows.
6: In a few weeks, I know I'll be looking for shows. Once football season is over, then it starts to become movie season and streaming season and all that stuff. I know.
0: I know. Um, Yeah, no new shows. We'll talk about shows next week, maybe. All All right. right. Sal, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next week. Stay stay well.
6: You too. Feel better. Good luck with your wages. I
0: can't wait for your texts.
6: (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Goodbye.
0: All right. My thanks to Troy Aikman and Sal Licata. If you've missed any recent episodes of the SI Media podcast, dip into the archives and check them out. Recent episodes include Jim Miller last week on uh, ESPN's top-notch coverage uh, during the tragedy with Damar Hamlin. Well, ended up working out where Hamlin now is making an unbelievable progress. But Jim Miller, we get into what happened that night when the injury had happened. We had our year-end, 2022 year-end spectacular third annual with Peter Schrager and Andrew Perloff two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, Brian Curtis from The Ringer joined me for a sports media year in review episode. So check all those out. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast, leave a review on Apple, and I will read it on an upcoming episode of the SI Media Podcast. All right. That wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care.